Do you want to count this in on three, two, one? Three, two, one. Sexual. Okay, well, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to episode Unlucky 13 of I Understood That Reference. Rob, how are you? I, I, I'm doing very well. <laughs> I love how every time you ask that question, as each episode progresses, it becomes more and more emphasized. It's very much a very breathy, how are you there, actually, I have to say, in comparison to you. I'm, I'm enjoying where it's going. That's I, Before you, you derive something negative from this, I'm enjoying how it's progressing. I'm doing very well. Um, I think much like yourself, I'm finding it quite warm these days, which is not a complaint. I'm just saying it's warm out there. That's all I'm saying. I am. As I as I previously stated to you, Rob, I am the warmest man in Ireland right now. I'm wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt, or shirt, should I say. It's very loud, and it's open. That's how, how sexy this recording is going to be between us. Oh, very good. Just before we dive into the, the pop culture stuff, did you win that loud shirt competition? Um, I, I, look, it was my own fault. I only managed to get back late. It was at three o'clock. I only showed up at six. It was really awkward because I clearly had the loudest shirt. And when they were given the award, I think everybody was kind of looking at me and, and then looking at the guy who won it. And it was like, oh, so this is happening. Just at five to six, they're like all assembled, giving out the prize and they can hear this noise. They're like, what is that? They're like, I think someone with a really loud shirt is coming this way. What's happening? They were just what like covering that? their what eyes, is that noise? <laughs> and you just stroll into the into the square, rocking that bad boy. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize we were doing a loud shirt competition today. <laughs> Let me get my loud shirt, says you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, Rob, uh, let's just jump on with the show, shall we? We have loads to talk <laughs> about. Bad idea. Um, well, we kick it off with um our uh, uh our world famous segment. You know it. Let's go. Let's go with. It's Russell, 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 Mark Hamilton, Mark Hamilton. Right, so Rob, um, do you want to go first? Was your a Rob fact from last time true or false? So my Rob fact last time was James Cameron used to be a truck driver, and that is in fact true. Would you believe? I mean, I would believe. Also, fifty-seven percent of the people who took our poll. On Twitter, also believe that. So, hooray, they got it right again. For a second, for a split second, I thought the other one was going to get it. And why don't we? Why don't you remind us what the other one was? Actually, while we're here, so while mine we're sitting, was while that James Cameron was going to direct a Spider-Man movie with Jake Gyllenhaal as the Ooh. star. Ooh. Now, part of it, as ever, the way we do it here, is that part of that is true. James Cameron was originally on board to direct a Spider-Man film, but the lead character of Peter Parker was going to be played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Jake Gyllenhaal was going to replace uh, Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2 because Tobey Maguire hurt his back in the Sam Raimi films. So Jake oh, Gyllenhaal I was going to take over. Yeah. This is wow, layered. This, this fake fact is layered in, in multi-layered fake fact. You know what? What's amazing is my fact, which is true, I know nothing about it other than the fact that that's what it is. <laughs> He's a truck driver. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's so, so so much so much effort. <laughs> it's a truck driver. He drives submarines as well. He probably drives a car. I mean, I mean, that was a pretty. In hindsight, it was a pretty safe fact to 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 back if you were thinking about it logically. But it is just that little bit of outlandish. That little mm. bit of okay. That that is that true? It's too easy. 
Yeah, it's 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 too random to be surely it's too random to be true. Well, see, I I I looked it up because I originally had thought when I saw that fact that that was part of the reason why he features trucks so heavily in his movies, particularly you know T two is the big reference, there. the big truck reference. It's a lot lot of lot of lot of lot of truck truck uh, orgy situation kind of going on there. Really, that that truck boy oh boy does it move. It's trucking about the place. Trucking, Keep trucking. on trucking, Mister Cameron. That's what I say. But apparently my fact has nothing to do with that. So it's just that he's a truck driver. So I had to, I had to scale it back. <laughs> oh, it's, it's in no way related. <laughs> no way related whatsoever. It's probably a stunt designer that came up with that, to be honest. I mean, he likes him so much. You could say he's got cabin fever because the, 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 the part of a truck is called the cabin. It is indeed called the cabin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should let well, that one anyway. breathe for even a split second before I'd explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you, yeah, you were so quick to explain how that one worked. Anyway, that's the facts. How good are we at those? Boom. Done. Out of the way. Out of the way. Thank God. <laughs> Until the end of the show where we have to do it all over again. Mm. Uh, right. Well, I guess we've got to move on to our next segment. Flying through these today because we spent so long talking about loud shirts. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is time, of course, for the great reference game. The great reference game, 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 game. And he continues to get better and better at it. I had my hands over my mouth. It was like an echo thing. It was like, ah, oh, an echo chamber, one might say. It was such an echo that I was actually kind of, you know, I was kind of bobbling over and back here. It just it reverberated the whole way through. It was amazing. I hope so. My, the, the loud shirt blew off my back as I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bit from the, um, or the end of the remake of The Italian Job, where the, the your man... Um, Napster, played by Seth Green, gets a set of speakers that can go so loud that they can blow um, a woman's clothes off. Now, or, or any person's clothes off. What an old it. what an old reference as well. His name is Napster. <laughs> I know. I Remember know. Napster? <laughs> no. <laughs> Kids, um, look it up. That yeah, look it sense. up. Yeah, you could download an MP3. <laughs> Remember MP3s, kids? <laughs> no. There are, there's, there are, do people still use MP3s? Is that, is that still a thing? Um, I don't know, but I heard someone today mention the word CD, and it kind of caught me off guard. Look, I, I still buy DVDs. People find this crazy all the time. Like, what else? Look, I have the occasional Blu-ray, but they are expensive, and I am mm. cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Look, keeping it real here, guys. Keeping it real here. Oh, thank you for They're that. They're trying to get the shirt off my back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already kind of helped it halfway there at this point. You that unbuttoned it for them. Um, okay, so I'm delivering. The, <laughs> we digress. I'm delivering. I'm delivering the reference today, buddy. Um, Perfect. So, so I hope you're ready. I'm. You ready I am always ready to get this wrong. <laughs> so this is this is a two parter. So each one is a, one. The the, the 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 second sentence is a response to the first one. If that makes sense, it's not just one person saying the whole thing. All right, just just to add a little bit of a wrinkle to it. It's more opportunity so to important. get it right. I would say. Exactly. 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 Okay. So here we go. Are you ready? Go for it. Are you looking for shells too? No, I'm just looking. Are you looking for shells too? No, I'm just looking. Okay, perfect. Perfect. All right, put that in your back pocket. Hold on to it. Zip it up. Button it up. But don't button up your shirt. It's now there. Let's move on to the... <laughs> now let's, let's move on to the news. What do you got? Um. Right, I guess I will go first. And I will just say... Stranger Things 3... No spoilers here. Not going to talk anything like that at all. I'm just going to talk about how amazingly well it's done for Series 3. Interesting. And and by that, I mean, like, how well-received it has been and how many views it's gotten. Netflix came out, well, 
three or four days after it premiered with some ridiculous statistic like it's been watched in more than 40.1 million households which Netflix really can you tell that <laughs> I I don't know if they can tell it yeah there was a bit of controversy or a bit of questioning well, like, around they can it, definitely so they can definitely gauge you know the, the, the whoever's logged in like they can they can gauge what they're viewing very specifically that's pretty precise and they know based on each account i guess where it's located but when they start going into this whole households thing they're kind of muddling the waters a little bit i feel yeah, i mean it's least... very specific yeah so hmm. apparently uh 18.2 million people have already watched the entirety of the third series God, it really is a smash hit for them. It is doing so, outrageously well. I mean, my entire YouTube feed at the moment is just Stranger Things videos about like interviews with the cast and see what they think of these 80s things and what he likes to do for two hours and what he can't live without with for 40 minutes. It's it's really weird, kind of strange even, stuff. Yeah, even the popularity of those young kids kind of terrifies me because after the first season, they just they just blew into the public um sort of like the the public interest right so mm. t- to the extent where their lives will never be the same again but from when they were 12 13 that that i honestly that seems terrifying to me now they all seem relatively level-headed for um just a kind of a wacky bunch of essentially goonies who were uh you know thrown together into this show that nobody really knew anything about it. and then it comes out and it's just it's this international phenomenon and you know you i always kind of think wow can, can they ever go back probably see, not now, now we can now we can sit back and watch their slow decline into into adulthood and mental yeah macaulay culkin style yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly although he seems to have rallied again he seems to be very measured and neutral now he did a very fun google home ad over christmas he did there was a whole uh, macaulay culkin renaissance he was on an angry video game nerd video he was oh, on wow. red letter media for christ's sake oh wow He's just doing the rounds. That was a while ago. Mm. But still, he, I think he has a podcast. But again, oh. we can't advertise other people's podcasts again. <laughs> you you just pit me on that one. I just... Ugh. I was going to say, actually, um, how amazing it would be if he showed up in... Uh, on our like podcast? Oh, our, no. yeah, well, either. <laughs> both. <laughs> um, that'd be an awkward conversation. I, I feel like it would be like pulling teeth. He's like, what do you guys talk about? You have movies? He's like, great. He'd be like, like okay, let's start the movie talk. And then we're instantly into some ludicrous comment that we shouldn't have made. And it's like, what What are you doing? <laughs> oh, we live in the mark. That's where, that's where we operate. But yeah, no, I am. So you've, you've obviously, you've watched the entirety of season three of Stranger Things. And you, you were messaging me frank, uh, frantically saying how much you adored it. So here's the thing. Um, Stranger Things is a, it's a, it's an unusual series in that... I think it's it was purpose-built for one season, and that should have been it. Unfortunately, it did really well, so they kept it going. So you mm. can definitely feel it in season two. Waning, maybe a little bit. It's the worst episode of a TV show I've ever seen in my life. Um, Wait, which one? Uh, in season two. I won't... I, have you watched all season two yet? No, we're kind of... I'm saving it to watch with my roommates. Well, there you go. You, you'll know the episode yeah. when you see it, and we can talk about it after. But basically, the, the way I would see of all of Stranger Things is that... Stranger Things series two and season three are good, not great, but the soundtrack is so amazing that it makes the entirety of the show look so much better. It gives moments gravitas that maybe you wouldn't have any, and it just there is some absolutely outstanding moments in both series. Mm. Well, it goes back to that point that I brought up about Aladdin, right? Where you know you were saying how much you enjoyed it, and I was saying. Is your enjoyment amplified by the nostalgia of it? And I feel like Stranger, Stranger Things also is riding a similar wave. 
like if that was set in the modern day it'd be too difficult to manage it'd be too complicated because of all the the smartphone and you know general technology jackass yeah, that should have happen bypass all the time for the sake of convenience so it was very tact of them to write obviously keep it in the 80s but then they also leaned into you know we kept keep saying the spielberg sort of suburbia kind of um sort of vintage you know it's 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 very distinct a lot of et references goonies it's the whole the goonies, like you said yeah. yeah 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 so i feel like not only the soundtrack but i feel it was ele- elevated by the fact that it's also just it, and it is pretty heavily leaning on you know what's come before which is not a bad thing but that's definitely why it is a big part of why it is what so i would say for series three is that in all of these counts, it actually does go to its detriment. It becomes a stage where it's not just referencing something, it's... Hey, yeah, because that's what we do. They can't get away with that. Yeah, exa- exactly. We've copyrighted that, goddammit. I mean, sure, we don't really do too well about things, but, you know, we, we try our best here. <laughs> we don't do too well about things. <laughs> like speech. <laughs> that's, our, that's our tagline. <laughs> hey, did you I'm hear those the guys? We don't do too well about things. <laughs> sounds reasonable to me. That sounds to describe <laughs> us perfectly. Well, that would it would definitely you know hit home with whatever niche we're targeting here at this point. That is very true. And um, but yeah, I was just saying about the series three then, and there's there's an absolutely there's a moment that is just so good and so brilliant. But the problem is it's packaged around lots of scenes that aren't great, and it's really it's a really uneven series. Uh, and there's lots of ridiculous like product placement. That's do you know? In, have you seen Wayne's World or Wayne's World Two? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The part where he gives them the the, the the headache medicine and he takes like two of them simple soluble solution mm. and then like Wayne is or Garrett's dressed in all the Pepsi stuff and he's like yeah man I can't believe you'd sell out that's that's just not what we do here there's a scene in this and it's it is not joking about that like he, they talk about coke and new coke for a whole solid five minutes when they're in this really perilous situation and it just it immediately sucked me out of the action like that, that was Ew. Jesus Christ oh Good. Oh my god. <laughs> so Rob, do you have any news? <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, I thought you maybe had gotten all of that out of your system. Oh jeez. Probably the, apparently there's still an awful lot left to suck out as it turns out. Oh no. No. <laughs> oh the murk, it's warm down here. It's, <laughs> it's, it is getting warmer by the second, Rob. Um well if you're if you're just as done with Stranger Things as I think you are. <laughs> um one thing that I did see to come in that I think is interesting is uh, Taika Waititi. He's on to, reject, on to direct Thor 4. He's back. Thor 4 is happening also. That's a big thing. I, I I was so glad that I was drinking a bottle there because I was about to bellow down the microphone. I did not hear this. Is this is for real? This is great. This is for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's brilliant um, news. That's, that, that's hot off the presses. But, um, you know, so apparently, so he was slated to direct, is it Akira? Yes. Was it? Um, yeah, it, is Akira, it, was yeah. some, it was some sort of Warner Brothers um, sort of uh, sci-fi kind of situation. It or is something. 100% Akira. Is he off that now? No, it got delayed from what I understand. Significantly, obviously, because he's able to fit an entire MCU movie in between. So that's quite a delay. But, because now um, they're making a TV series of Akira. So I wonder, did that affect this? Maybe. Yeah, because I guess if you're going to convert it to a TV, you kind of have to expand this, flesh it out. And, I, you know, you'd have multiple directors on. That's a whole other thing. So... Maybe actually they were inspired by the fact that, you know, he's directing an episode or two of the, the Star Wars Disney Plus show. The so Mandalorian. 
That's what it's called, yeah. With the door and the logo. What did you call it? I still have to put up that uh, the, the DeLorean car and then like a man yeah. beside it as the logo. Of course. You, yeah, you, you, you hop to that. That's very important. Yeah, it's, that's you. That's really the top of my priority list right now. <laughs> exactly. You and your loud shirt competition. <laughs> look, it's all... Look, my shirt doesn't get nearly enough appreciation. I'm going to post a picture of this on the website or Twitter or something because I love this shirt. But that's crazy. I can't believe it's on for Tor 4. That is such... Such good news. What's crazy? I, I, yeah. I think the interesting part is I wasn't. I don't think we were necessarily one hundred percent sure that Thor four was going to happen. Certainly not so soon because he's tied in with the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? That's so what we, I was about to ask. Do you know if it is Thor four or is it a as Guardians of the Galaxy? That has yet to be disclosed, from what I understand. But for, I, so what's and I think the timing here is interesting because I think Comic Con is next weekend, and there's been a lot of heavy hinting that Marvel Phase four the slate of movies or at least the number of movies that got scheduled timings things like that will be announced so i'm wondering has this kind of just trickled out because they're kind of prepping for that news or i'm this is me guessing at this point this is me trying to use put on my my, my pop culture hat and assume that this is what they're trying to do um either way i think it's interesting because we thought that the next tour would ostensibly be just a guardians of the galaxy movie and tour combined which Rob, sounds like a ton of fun you've do you want to hear oh my god i'm just thinking on the spot here about everything you keep just thinking said. keep talking and i just got an idea do you think that that will be as guardians of the galaxy that'll be a separate thing but tour four by taika Wakiki, tg will be um valkyrie do you think valkyrie will be tour because in the comics obviously at the moment there is a female tour and it's oh. quite popular. Do you think they might make... Because remember, she was made the leader of the rule of the people in Avengers Endgame. So do you think they might just make Tor 4, she's going to be Tor? Because mm, I had Tor 4 down as hyphen the fat Tor. And I was like, how are they going to make that work? Ooh, that would be an interesting situation. I, I haven't decided if that's... I, I don't know how I would necessarily... I You'd need to see the two movies, I guess, against you to see how that would make sense. You'd wonder in the MCU how happy people would be with it just suddenly being a new Thor but I guess maybe that's maybe your bridge there to that new Thor is Asgardians of the Galaxy maybe that's how you get there yeah because then you have and you kind of have your legacy tour there as well as your new tour and I mean I think mm-hmm. people are okay with the universe that the kind of been engaged in now is almost over to an extent and yeah, yeah, they're yeah. ready for new for new stories and new tales I weirdly enough and I love the Marvel model of everything being connected but at this point I wouldn't mind the films just being standalone and more standalone again. Yeah, Yeah. because it's funny because people were complaining once they connected them once. Whenever there was a standalone one, people would complain. Oh, well, where was the other ones when the world was ending? Not that it. Who cares really? Because you just want to go in for a good movie, and then when they're together, that's when it's fun, and they can be alone when they need to be, kind of thing. But um, I think what's yeah, I think that'd be great just to give it kind of step back a bit give it just give it more room to breathe so it's less busy with all these colorful characters but i just um oh, i keep i'm always so astonished at just where they left thor of all the original six just where they left him i think is like it's it's amazing because he's just bumbling about now even what they did with that character from where just... thor started was great because i mean he became one of the most beloved like and really comic relief and just really likable compared to where he started oh very much so but i just thought it was interesting how tor 3 he was rounded out so nicely he was the leader he was the king he had his people he finally ascended to the throne and was ready for it and then instantly instantly taken away yeah gone and he's just he's not even the main character now he's just this fat guy 
just kind of annoying the Guardians to get. It, I mean, it's it means they're going to have a ton of fun with it, though. It's not a bad thing. It's just an interesting place for them for him to be right now as a character in that universe. If, if if you've watched the Parks and Recs uh, outtakes and you know how much fun Chris Pratt is, put Chris Pratt with Chris Hemsworth, and I can only imagine the fun that they would have together. Oh, yeah, and they even teased it so well just at the end where they're on the ship about to take off the end of Endgame, and he's saying, no, you're definitely in charge, and there's this over and back. It's only it's a short exchange, but it, it just hints at the potential. It encapsulates what they could have. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. While we're talking about uh, Avengers Endgame briefly, um, so you watched that music video by uh, Jeremy Renner. Oh, I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> what? What is that? I mean, what? Good <laughs> Ross, lord, I, Ross! I couldn't even watch the entire thing. It was, it was so electronic. It was like, was it trying to be a country song? I don't know what it was trying to be. It's clearly not his voice. We know what he sounds like because yeah, we've seen him in ver- films. It's a very robotic electronic voice over kind of like a pop kind of country soundtrack. Basically, this is Jeremy Renner with his... Is it his band? Is he featuring it? Who knows? That entire video just really caught me off guard when you sent it to me. I was like, what the hell is this? Now, I wasn't going to watch any more of it, but I stuck through it because did you see who's in it? No. Taiko Wakigi. No. Yeah, he's in You're really struggling with his name over there. Yeah, I really am struggling here. (laughs) It's different every time. I said it once. I'm going to change it every single time. (laughs) Talcum Wakatoko. That's just getting crazy. I I mean, at least his first name seems to stay pretty, pretty consistent throughout, you know? We'll we'll see for now. For for um, now. But I responded in kind with a video that I feel like you did enjoy by comparison. Good Lord. And this is, man, the segues that we are making here are brilliant. Um, yeah, so this was Paul Rudd and Jimmy Fallon. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. And they're singing an old Pet Shop Boys song. No, it's Go West. Go well, West. Sorry, Go they West. Have... Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, Go West is the one I sent you anyway. They, they've done a couple of covers. Where no, no, it was, it was Go West. That was my bad. It's okay. I know I'm supposed to be the 80s guy, but look, I get everything wrong, so... <laughs> Well, you were born a while ago, so it's you know maybe you're just getting a bit forgetful. That, that is, that is, the, that, that is might be true. the problem. But it's so good, and it is, it is like there's a side by side video, and it's just so spot on to the original song, and it's a great song. And Paul Rudd has got some got better singing chops than Jeremy it's Renner. King, anyway. Yeah, what is it? The King of Wishful Thinking by Go West is the co- oh my god, it's just such an entertaining watch. We'll put it up on it's, Twitter as well. As oh, we it's do. so good. I honestly, because it's a good song, but also he's clearly so committed to reenacting it like Paul Rudd is he gets it one to one the it's move the dance moves he's doing you, you forget it's a parody video that's how good it is so here's what good it is it's a parody but also he gives that little Paul Rudd edge that only he can give that just makes sense that makes it a bit funny just he he puts a little bit of an extra twirl on the dance moves a little bit of an extra tongue in the cheek when he's kind of messing about. Yeah, there's enough there for it's oh, it's brilliant there's enough stiffness in it to both yeah. parody the 80s stiffness, but be an, a Paul Rudd humorous stiffness. Oh very, oh, very good. Very astute analysis. Well done, you. Oh Thank you. Look Thank at you. us go. Keep that shirt on for all the episodes, please. Running with the Paul Ruddness of this, mm. it was recently uh, Ghostbusters' 35th anniversary, so obviously the new film is on the way. And Indeed. just been announced to be starring Paul Rudd. <gasps> So oh we did a little a little Twitter video in front of the old firehouse. Great edition. I, yeah, he's he's super for it, I think. Um, what's his role in it? Do you know? Um, well, there's not too much has been released about the film at all. Probably no bad thing. One or two of the Stranger Things cast might actually be in it. Maybe Mike, oh, I believe. 
didn't they dress up as did I see for like season two season did I see two, screenshots of them dressed up in yeah. Ghostbusters gear yeah yeah so obviously that's like a trial run for them Mm. I gotta be careful with these segues and already landed us back full circle again there by accident yeah I was like I'm not finished with Ghostbusters yet have you heard of the Mandela effect this is so weird we were talking about this at the kitchen table the other day is this where you believe a mistake is true and you just kind of stick with it and it kind of it it kind of grows beyond the sort of the error you made or something like that is that what it is yeah so essentially it's that people when Nelson Mandela died loads of people came out and we're like, wait a second, we already thought he died in prison years ago. I thought that was the whole thing. And loads of people remember this. And people could remember specific details about news stories and news clippings. And then another famous example is the, the Tiananmen Square incident where the, the tanks were, were down coming down the street and that the guy with the, the plastic bags stood in the way. Mm. Loads of people remember the tanks killing him. And that was the whole international incident and that's why it was famous. Whereas in reality, he's alive and well. He's still alive to this day. So basically, it's people misremem- mass misremembering is what they call it. Oh, it's that they misremember, but it's, it's on a massive scale. Ah, okay. Exactly. Okay, okay. The other day, somebody put up on Twitter about a scene in Ghostbusters at the very, very start of the first Ghostbusters film when they see the librarian ghost and uh, Venkman goes up to approach it, Bill Murray's character, and the ghost turns on and goes, shh. And they said in their tweet, I remember Bankman, Bill Murray's character, turning around and saying, she shushed me, Ray. And I can hear that line 100%, every word of it in my head. And I even said on Twitter, it's 100% in the film. Came home, a little bit worse for wear, a few drinks in me. Put it on in the middle of the night. It's not in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Killing me. It's not in the film. It's not in the film. It's, it's unbelievable. It's Oh my God. Here's another great example for you. So in A New Hope, uh, C-3PO what colour is, is are his hands I, what are they are they gold that's what everybody remembers but one of his hands if you go back and watch it now one of his hands is silver oh and oh what really unusual like loads of people are like I mean that's a thing maybe you, yeah you might miss it but at the same time people poured over Star Wars people know those things and nobody copped that one of his hands was silver until they go back and watch it now that's kind of spooky. The Mandela effect essentially is that you remembered correctly, but you were one of the people who are transported to an alternate universe where the new uni- the new reality happened. Mm, interesting. Speaking of old movies to rewatch, me and my roommate watched Rush Hour 2. Just very briefly, watched that the other day. Yes, I remember you texted me the picture. Oh my goodness gracious me. Both um, phenomenal... Phenomenally funny and phenomenally racist in equal Oh, measure. in equal. I mean, it's Brett Ratner. That probably describes his lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> there is a line in it where Jackie Chan says to uh, Chris uh, Tucker, he says, I'm going to slap you back to Africa. That's mm. in the movie. Really? <laughs> he says it. Wow. Oh, my God. Now, still, they're a brilliant pairing regardless. Like, the two of them together are fantastic. That, that, also, that film even more the first one is okay but that second film oh it elevate, it's elevated it's elevated to the, so good it's up to 11 and it, the choreography in the stunt work is genius like it's really clever like it's and obviously because that's Jackie Chan involved but it's really clever stuff just want to put it out there as um just you know uh, just another kind of an oldie but goldie kind of a, not that old but you know that's that's in like two or three so it's it's actually it it's been a while since those movies have been out hmm. but Ross I'm going to keep us going on the old nostalgia train here. Go for it. Space Jam, the sequel. 
it's coming baby we're we're with with uh lebron james they've got a director now Who's are you directed? excited um some guy i did not recognize malcolm d lee i think was his name oh, does Jesus. that ring a bell no that doesn't doesn't ring a bell at me either watch now as it comes out he's directed some massive film and we're like great great um let's see what he's done oh he's done episodes of everybody hates chris oh scary scary movie five. Oh god um night school all it's looking like it's in a, in safe hands god clearly yeah i mean there's nobody more i trust than the director of scary movie five <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know nothing about the movie other than i think it's supposed to be lebron james is is the michael jordan role can you believe they're making i mean a there's this? bill murray there's the segue there bill murray was in oh my god he was his yeah he was his golfing buddy yeah he was his golfing <laughs> buddy there you go oh wow Amazing. that was a memory and a half there Oh well, then you. Yeah, but I just wanted to put that out there. That's that movie's. Would you believe it? They're making it still. I think they've been trying to get that off the ground for a while. But this sounds like when they attach a director significantly, and they said that they're you know they're moving forward with it now. That that always it gives it a nudge. There's a leaked image yeah. here. There's a leaked image from the set. Oh my god, what? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that was purposely leaked to get a bit more uh, hype Juice going on this because it. it's been a while since people have talked about it. Wild. I'm intrigued by. It. Do you like the original? Um, I mean, I again. Mandela effect, I believe. I think everyone remember that fondly, but if you were to rewatch it, it's probably atrocious. I tried to rewatch um, it recently. It is, it is really, it's difficult. It's difficult viewing, to be honest. Because I saw it in school. I remember they put it on like on a half day or something, and I was like in like first class, and it was. I remember thinking, how did they get the cartoons and the real people? Like, how did they do it? It's, Look, there's Michael and Bugs Bunny. How did they do that? I, I can't see any any way that they're not together on that screen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's, it's How do I get there? Blowing. <laughs> but yeah, it turns out it was effects. So that's it's your, that's funny that you said that your school story of looking at that film. Because the enduring memory of being in primary school in my last day uh, and the teacher asked me, you know, trusted my views on films. <laughs> if only she knew. But, uh, <laughs> and she was like, what film will we watch on the last day of primary school? And the whole, the whole school was going to get around to watch it. And you were like, the silence of the lambs. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> That scene at the end when Ace does the whole Einhorn is a man thing, takes off the the, the skirt. See her eyes. She was just like (laughs) staring me out of it. And I'm like, yes, this is a victory for me. Oh, God. Oh, that's amazing. To be fair, one time in secondary school, we'd have this free period that I, that you know, you could bring in DVDs and we would watch it periodically until we got got through the film after a few classes and we move on to the next one. I run in Saving Private Ryan. very polarizing reaction because obviously fantastic but for some people very violent and they're right in finding it uncomfortable to watch good lord that is exceptionally violent film to put on now that i think about it my the teacher loved it though she was like great choice (laughs) well that that works for you then yeah that was great anyway we are digressing yet again yet again um right i guess i'll 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 move us along then please do from one animated film that features some sort of live action part to an animated film that was and is now live action. That's not the best segue, but we'll take it. I'm taking um, it. Have you seen the reviews for The Lion King have come out? Oh, I'm glad you brought this one up. This 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 one has been interesting. So it's currently sitting at 56 on Metacritic. That is, I think, from what I understand, the lowest of any of the Disney remakes thus far. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it's fifty nine percent. Again, we don't. It's not that we 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 uh, 
believe in these ourselves religiously, but they're a good gauge of both the critical and, and kind of public kind of reaction to this stuff. It, it's still going to be a phenomenal success because people are going to want to see it. Completely. But the general consensus is like, this is just a glossy remake. There's nothing new, nothing novel in it. It looks, from a technical achievement standpoint, it is nothing short of mind-boggling, apparently. So, do you know what I would judge more? I would actually put more faith in, do you know those early reviews that come out from like, YouTubers and Instagrammers and all this like whenever they get the early viewings they never really say a film's bad because if they do they won't be invited back next time so instead they came out with loads of things like the visuals are astounding and oh. like visually it's amazing so, which I instantly knew to be like the film is shit but it looks yeah, really exactly. good I think there's an element of with those guys you just gotta you gotta fill in the blanks because the reviews are so top level and they just wanna keep going to premieres that you have to what what did they not talk about? That means it's bad. Yeah. What, what read the way they phrase things because it's always like this thing. The music was exceptional. Like, what about what about the film? The music was definitely something else. <laughs> and you start. <laughs> you to mean see the music pattern. that existed in the other one? Sure. That that has changed the least. You would argue. <laughs> like in fact, they're probably copy even, and paste. They probably don't even press preface it saying it's the new Lion King. They just say. The Lion King's music surely was great. And then later on, if somebody calls them on it, they're like, oh no, I I meant the cartoon back in the 90s. Yeah. yeah, they're just like, what did you think of The Lion King 2019? I love The Lion King. And that's that's yeah, the review. That, yeah, that's that. It's, a, it's look, this review is so, the film speaks for itself. So all I'll say is, mm. I've watched The Lion King. It's shocking to me that the reception in general has been has been worse than Aladdin. I definitely wouldn't have called that. Oh, m- much worse than... We, in fact, we had this exact conversation. You're talking about John Favreau versus Guy Ritchie. I just... like You're talking about a safe pair of hands and then a gangster pair of hands. Like, I'm, it's strange. But, I, you know, there, there are some positives. Obviously, the visuals are good, but you can't... It, basically, what the idea is, it's lost the soul and the charm of the original. But So people didn't necessarily love The Lion King, the cartoon, because... It looked fantastic. They're like, it was the story. It was the characters. It had that. It had that sheen of just you know, it was something. There was a nice charm to it. This doesn't. The remake doesn't have it apparently, but I, I have heard though that Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner do kind of steal the show as Timon, Timon and Pumbaa. I've heard it too, but at the same time, I mean, you're taking roles on that already stole that film, so you're exactly, just exactly yeah. You know, it's it's it's. I, I, I really get the impression they've changed very little. Lot like it's half an hour longer. But they've just extended scenes. There's nothing new in it. So that's that also just seems like a wasted opportunity to me. And that's going to bring me on to my... Remember I was giving out about the maybe the music not appearing in it? And I think it does, or some of it does. Yeah. That's going to bring me on to my... I mean, it's, it's all connected, this music, this this news item here, I suppose. But you, have you heard, obviously, that Mulan is now being remade into a live-action feature as well? I watched the trailer, and I have to say, kind of enjoyed it. Kind of... It was. It was now, but it's not. It's not Disney though. It's or that's not what. It, it's not the. It's not based on the original. Now that's what I was going to say. There's a big, a big kind of thing about it on reaction wise. About some people are like, look, it looks great, and other people are like, I can't believe they're not going to have the songs and some of the characters. And I originally was in the, the latter camp with the. I can't believe they're not having the songs and some of the characters. But I get that they're going to make a film on the original legend of Mulan and the original story, but. They should have packaged this differently, I believe. I think it would have avoided everything. Because like, if I say Disney's Mulan to you, what do you think? 
I think of Eddie Murphy as a dragon. I think of uh, of like the classic. I, I I put it in the same camp. It was like during that Disney sort of renaissance. It, like it, it was of that caliber. Totally. And it and it had the charm and the songs and the and the just the fun energy that all those cartoon classics had. Yeah, it's so a very if, similar if you, mold. Yeah, yeah. Which worked for them for good reason because they were it was pretty reliable. Um, yeah. So if you hear there's a remake of Disney's Mulan coming out called Disney's Mulan. <laughs> and then it turns, it, it's become like this crouching tiger hidden yes, dragon yes. situation by comparison. I, it looks, I think it looks very good. I actually have no complaints about the trailer. And I don't have a complaint about this really. I just think it's, it's an interesting way about if they had marketed it slightly differently. Even called it like have a tagline on it or something. Just a Mulan, small differentiator. A Mulan, did you say it? <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's probably offensive to lots of cultures there <laughs> but you know what I mean if it was just all it needed was a slight differentiator and I think this all could have been avoided but at the moment I think Twitter is now having a, a, a gigantic war between it should be like the original because of this it shouldn't be like the original because of this this is the original story and I think it's unnecessary that it happened well you see I think a lot of the remakes thus far have been with animals, am I right? Oh no, they did Cinderella, I suppose. But I was—I'm thinking like Jungle Book, Dumbo. I wonder how that turned out. That—that that, maybe that was very different. Lion King. Oh, I guess it's hard to find the balance. But they, they seem to have gone far more on the authentic side with this Mulan one, though. Like they're going. This is very much. It—it it, it just doesn't look like at all like the cartoon. Not at or any other of the Disney remakes. It looks so serious and so different. very serious. Yeah. yeah, so it's an, it's an intriguing sure. one. It is indeed. Are you still going to go see it? <laughs> I, I will, to be honest, yeah. I mean, like, I I'll probably... Because you're a big fan of that one in particular, I feel. Listen, I love the song from it. There's obviously not going to be in it, but I do love it. Uh, let's get down to business, to defeat the Huns. It's fine, I'll edit all that out, don't worry. Okay, keep it going, I'll play the entire thing. No, I, I, I could have, I could. I'll make a man We got minutes you. to fill here, this is perfect, go. I, I was literally trying to think of the name, you see, and I was trying to buy myself time to think of the name, and I was like, is I'm not going to Is it Make a Man Out of You? It's, yeah, I'll Make a Man Out of You, yeah. It's a great song. Go. Is that Alan Menken as well? My God, it might be. I think so, I, 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 I read, was either about Mulan? I think they're bringing him on for like, for some musical input not that it's going to be singing or anything but I think I read that they are bringing him on for extra musical input either that or that was the Lion King these have become indistinguishable in my head the last while so oh no it wasn't he didn't do that one it was bloody the guy oh, who no, did no, it must have been The Little Mermaid that's where I was thinking because you know, yeah, that's yeah, been yeah. announced with the actor well Alan Menken did Little Mermaid Beauty and the Beast Hercules and Aladdin uh, Aladdin there you go they're the big yeah. ones the big four Anyway, I, it looks, I, I kind of, the, the music kind of stirred me, but again, that's just cheating because it was the nostalgia that was kind of kicking me there. So I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. We'll reserve judgment is what we'll do. And, uh, right, yeah, Rob, we'll the last news story. Let's go. You do one, I'll do one, and then let's end the show. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Very interesting news in the world of 007. Have you heard? Yeah, you heard I know where you're going with this. So this is why this is interesting. Because, now, I, first of all, I didn't plan on finding this out. I just I just saw the headline thinking, well, I guess I know how the story starts off at the very least. So if anyone is concerned about how the final Daniel Craig film is kind of at least kicking off in terms from a story standpoint, cover your bloody, or sorry, close your ears, as Ross would say. As I would say. Yeah, yeah. But um, from what I understand is uh, Bond is in retirement 
as this movie kicks off. And that 007, the mantle has already been passed to someone else. So there's an, there's an active 007 who is someone else, not Daniel Craig, in the movie when we when when we return to it. And it is not in fact a man, but um, played by a black actress. I've forgotten her name. I'm so sorry. But uh, she's she is she not only is it a case that she inherits the role, but she is already 007 as the movie kicks off, which I think is very interesting. Not just because that's obviously a huge left turn from where the character currently is, but also to reveal that is quite significant before the movie has even got a trailer. And how do you feel about this, the whole idea of that story? Sorry, Lashana Lynch is the character's name, just, just for reference. For people I mean, I was, I was typing that in to help you out there, but my phone is not great as ever. So, But um, yeah, how do you feel about the, the, the story? Because um, as usual, it's the internet. <laughs> so the backlash has been massive, as you can... I didn't go near... I, I tell you this when I was like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to dive into that. I know what's coming here. I know what's yeah, coming. Yeah. I've no issue with it. I'm just interested to see how they how they how they kind of play with that as a story point. Um, the reason I actually have a bit of faith in it is because the per- one of the people who's who's tweaking the script and sharpening up is Phoebe Waller Bridge, and I think I've mentioned her before. So she's the the writer and actress um, in Fleabag. If you've watched that show, it's honestly one of the best comedies I've seen on TV in a long time. I remember you um, were telling me about it actually. Yeah, and. I, I I hear what you're thinking. Wow, comedy actress writing. She for Bond seems crazy, but she actually started off as a writer. So I I, was, she, I wasn't thinking that slightly. Ever since uh, the the Russo brothers from Avengers Endgame started out in Community and Arrested Development. So, uh, yeah, no, but she, so she's just the way that she structured Fleabag is it's all very clever. Um, I if someone can handle. What is obviously going to be a very controversial sort of direction to take. Not even controversial, but it's it's going to be divisive. Let's put it that way. Um, given um the mantle of Bond to someone who is not a white man will definitely it'll definitely ruffle some feathers. In in the age we exist right now, yeah. it won't go where, down. No, where it's impossible to please anyone and nobody's happy at all. Ever. That's ever. No matter yeah, what. Ever about anything. Um, I I I'm I'm backing her. It. I mean, listen, it has to be better than Spectre. That's easy. Well, I mean, not Notting could 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 be worse than that film. I thought it was absolutely well, terrible. Um, well, actually, this is a great idea. Be, but... I, I think it's it's a good good direction. I love the way Bond is still retired. I just really hope they don't do something stupid like have her die in the first five minutes and all of a sudden oh, God, just don't pull one of yeah. them. If you're going to commit to it, do you know what? Commit to it. See it through. Keep her as 007 for the whole thing and keep James Bond separate. You know, I think that's that's a great way to do it. Just don't you know, dip your toe in the idea and then be like, whoa, backlash is bad. Let's kill her off in five minutes. And then James Bond has to take the mantle up again. Don't do that. Mm. Well, I think it's interesting because there's kind of a little bit of a role reversal from how these characters normally work. So I feel like she's now the Bond character. She's the spy. And he's now essentially the Bond girl who just sort of is on the periphery, certainly maybe as the movie starts, which is kind of a bit of a fun moment to have. I'm not sure if they'll dress it up that way, but that's kind of implied, but you know, if you were to kind of look at it from the outside looking in. Either way, I, I'm just, i just... I can't believe he's back for another one anyway. So Yeah, I mean, that's I'm already I'm despairing. Maybe if they do a definitive handing over, passing of the baton to someone, we can finally be like, grand, he's done with it. Like, stop. That guy is held together with tape at this point. He is himself said, like, these movies take it out of me. He's always... Like, he's already had an injury in this one. He's, like, broken an ankle or something. So... <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise is like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Did you break your ankle getting out of a car? Yeah. I was too yeah, busy, exactly. like, jumping off a building here to notice. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is probably older, actually, I'd say, by a couple of years. That's probably... Oh, uh, well, yeah, because he's 50-something, isn't he, Tom Cruise? 
And he's 57, I think. Jesus Christ. Possibly. Mission impossibly. Mission impossibly. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really looking forward to that. If they if they commit to a different kind of story, look, we've mm, had three Daniel Craig films already that have been very and very in inqu- four four. Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre. I mean, I always forget Quantum of Solace is actually. I knew a you film. did. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're so very in quality. I mean, two of them. One of them is okay. Casino Royale is brilliant, and then the rest have been crap. So like. Mm. I, I'm ready to put this bond to bed and not in that way, Jesus, and maybe well, change the story does. up a little. Uh, are you a fan of Bond though? Is that is that is that a character you normally gravitate to or you're kind of like, bleh, I'm not that fussed about that series? At this rate, I am definitely not that fussed about this series. I mean, if you can watch any action film like that after Mission Impossible 6 and somehow still think they're good, I'm intrigued by your decisions. Because That's very true. Mission Impossible Fallout is just... I just bought it there on DVD as well as the other five the other day and I cannot You've wait. Lot, yeah. to You have a lot of watching to do. I do have a lot of watching to do. Right then, I guess we'll go to the last. It's not even a piece of news. It's just something I wanted to talk about amazingly briefly. Um, and that was X-Men Dark Phoenix, which I saw. Um, oh I'm going to tie this into the fact that there's loads of new X-Men comics coming out by an author okay. called Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember I was telling you about an Avengers comic before where the world is like all these worlds are ending and the Avengers have to make a decision about whether to blow up another world to save their own? I think you, you definitely, we've definitely talked about this in the past a while ago. We were, it was the, we, this was back in the sands of time when you and I were both weans. Yeah, yeah, but we worked, we were colleagues. Colleagues, we all those moons ago. But uh, mm. it's the same author who did them. And now I'm not, a, uh, some of his work I absolutely adore. Some of his work I find a bit characterless and stuff, but I really do think he's going to change the direction of the X-Men. I mean, they are hyping this up like no man's business. And oh, wow. I'm going to, if I can, I'm probably just going to get the issues for the first time ever, really, as they come out. So I'll probably put throw some reviews up on Twitter or something. But um, I saw X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's not worth talking about at all. It's that bad. I just wanted to go back to what we were talking about of, was it better or worse than X-Men Apocalypse and X-Men 3 The Last Stand. <laughs> okay, so... I'm dying to know. Definitively, it is worse than X-3 The Last Stand. Okay, I kind of felt like I, I, I had a... F- we kind of predicted that, I feel. Yeah, and as well as we predicted, it was better than X-Men Apocalypse. I think mm. because X-Men Apocalypse had the weight of expectation on it, and this had absolutely nothing <laughs> i yeah. mean we didn't expect this to be good and it was not good <laughs> but great there's that's there's, a wrap folks <laughs> well Back that's by oh, my x-men films but there was just one bit i wanted to talk about because i th- i thought this encapsulated how the how the film was so spoilers everyone mystique dies you see it in the trailer but uh at the end of it beast's really upset and you know he Ugh. for the one time in the film he actually is beast because otherwise he's just nicholas holt but um and he's you know, at the very end of the film and he's there in, in the in the X Mansion alone and he's looking at a picture of a frame and obviously it's you know, it's her, it's Raven. And like the camera pans behind him and you expect to see like a nice picture of, you know, of just her or them together or something. And it's just like it's a really lazy image of her, like just from some obviously from like a promotional material or something, with the X Men uniform, like posing really stupidly, and you're like, That's it's the only picture you have of her. That's that's really the only picture you have of her is that one there in her X Men uniform, and it just kind of <laughs> perfectly encapsulated the lack of thought and effort that went into every scene in that film. Oh, 
I, it's 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 extraordinary that that like we're, we're everyone involved not just kind of like this is a disaster why are we making this if you watch like, the film I, I, that question becomes even more pertinent because <laughs> every scene gets more and more outlandish and lazy and stupid I mean I think nobody cared I honestly God think nobody on set cared in any way shape or form there's not a lot of actors i guess just wanted a quick they realize oh let's just get the paycheck go home which is terrible jennifer lawrence you can tell is they're probably like hey come on you gotta put the blue paint on and she was like no you're gonna have to kill me if you want me to do that and they're like fine i mean she's never mystique in the film and beast is never beast and like it it goes against everything the film talks about but look one of a handful of things that x3 did get right is the casting of beast kelsey Kelsey Grammer. grammar oh he's perfect in that role it's so good and he's just he, he he reminds me of the, of the of what the character was like in the the nineties cartoon uh, the animated series like sh- sort of shorter more stout built up older Nicholas Holt is the exact opposite of the casting I would have gone for for Beast honest to God it uh, it's it stuns me every time that that was what they went with he's like a shrill t- tin very tin guy with no muscles and he's beast. a gaunt beast yeah, that doesn't gaunt. make any sense doesn't make he's any a gaunt sense. beast. <laughs> Not even to do with the character beast. He's just a gaunt beast. Yeah. I mean, he was good in Mad Max, Fury Road. I was watching that at the weekend. Yeah. He is very good in that. Yeah, where the gauntness suited him then. Exactly. He didn't even lose any weight for that role. That's just how gaunt he was. Yeah, he's just gangly. Just gangly. Hmm. Well, can we briefly mention on the the topic of Marvel, MCU, the positive side of things, um, Spider-Man is dominating box office. Good Lord. Spider-Man is far from home. This is, I didn't think it would be this big, but it's already at like 850 million after two weeks. So that's going to hit a billion. Um, Easily, because it hasn't even been released in China yet. Oh my God. So that's probably going to make twice that. Popular. That's like, that's the biggest market for it, for it outside the US, I think, actually, for Spider Man. He's just peg over there. I don't know where the steam came from behind this movie. I didn't think it was like, honestly, I thought people would be a little fatigued after Endgame and were kind of like less quick to race to this one. Do you, do, do you think it's because they kind of last minuted, oh no, this is actually the end of this, you know, whatever, uh, what do you call them, phase of the Marvel Universe? Oh, they're like, this is the this is the wrap up. Yeah. They really, like, mm-hmm. I mean, after saying Avengers was the end of it, they then kind of went, oh no, no, Spider-Man's actually the end of it. Mm, maybe that's, maybe they're, maybe they're up to no good there then. Mm. I just think, like, it, I just, it's interesting to see, it's, it's doing very well. I'm hoping to see it during the week. It's been a bit hectic. But on the just to wrap up on the box office, so you and I were kind of hoping that Endgame would do it and pip Avatar. Uh, I it's still creeping up. It's now seven million short. That's all it is. It's seven million off. But they're going to have to do a whole slew of re-releases again if they want to make it. But they can do because they'll do like a they'll do like a oh this is the anniversary of the end of the MCU the the the, the one year you can watch all the Avengers movies back to back. That's your seven million in the bag. Did Do you know, know I mean? that Avatar was re-released with twenty minutes of footage, which counts towards that total? Oh, no, yeah. I didn't know that, but I know. It, well, I knew Titanic was re-released, and that added like hundred and fifty to two hundred million on the on the total as well. Oh wow, I didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they go by officially on the record. So I, that's how I know Endgame can ultimately pip it. Seven million seems tremendously doable. Paltry in comparison to the total. That does sound like something Thanos would say. <laughs> paltry in comparison to the total that's my Thanos impression <laughs> shocking speaking of impressions Ross 
Yeah. Did you get the reference? Now, I, I, I'm literally trying to mull over in my head what we even talked about, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to... Because if I, if, if I go in with the accents here, you're going to get... Oh, do the accents, goddammit. All right. Because I know what I'm thinking of, and I'm like, we didn't mention that, so... <laughs> yeah, okay, Are go you... for it. Okay, accents. here we go, here we go. Okay, this is going to be patchy. Are you looking for shells too? No, I'm just looking. Okay, excellent. It's obviously James Bond. <laughs> Jesus Christ, if I didn't get that. God, I mean, I'm totally not going to get... It's a Sean Connery James Bond. But well Jesus. done, okay. I mean, I, is Doc, Dr. No is with... Well done! Is that it? it? Yeah, yeah. Yes! Can you be more specific again? Look at that! Okay. Well, I mean, I gave you a, a Sean Connery impression, which immediately directs you to six very specific movies. The first one is Dr. No. I would have hoped but, you'd have worked it out. You are assuming that I know every Sean Connery James Bond film or even <laughs> some James Bond films. Is that what you asked me earlier? Are you a fan of the James Bond films, Ross? That's what I was like. I was like, I'm really dwelling on this uh, 007 <laughs> topic at this point. Oh, oh, I'm happy with that. I was actually, because I was thinking like finding Nemo or something with the shells and the beach. And I was like, but he never... Oh, okay. Or then I was going to go for Little Mermaid because you also, we were kind of talking about Disney films. And you said I was glad I brought up The Lion King. Rob, ah, I did okay. it. I got it. That's all that matters. Let's move mm. on to the last segment of the show, which is... The Ross Fact, Rob Fact, Ross Fact, Ross Fact, Ross Fact, Ross Fact, Ross Edgar Rice, he's, he's, he's an enemy of the show. Yeah. Let's never forget him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I won't forget. Right. Not Do you want to go call. first or shall I? Sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> absolutely. More than happy to. All right. So here's my Rob fact this week. So I just, this was more in light of, um, he's in the press lately uh, for an upcoming show. But um, Henry Cavill uh, admit, admitted um, to being addicted to the Witcher video games, um, particularly the early ones a few years ago. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Then my one. So, in Marvel Comics, the Mafia are called the Magia. That was because Marvel were afraid that the Mafia might disrupt some of their distribution lines for their comics. Perfect. We've done it, Rob. We we got to the end of yet another episode, kept it under an hour and everything, which I didn't think we were going to do towards the end, but we no. did it. But we did. We did it. Rob, where can the listeners find us? And a whole and a, a plethora of outlets. Um, I'm going to start with the SoundCloud. That's the big dog. Then you got Spotify. Then you got iTunes. Those those are all available as apps on your phone. iTunes. Way, you said that was really funny. And the, <laughs> the, the iTunes. The iTunes. I would encourage you to uh, to download those apps and and listen to us very specifically on those apps. And I believe we're also on TuneIn or something like that. And Podtail, of there, course. I was just. I was like, Rob. I'm not. I'm not is, uh, jumping in Ross's, until you say Podtail. Ross's company, Podtail, that he's been secretly starting behind the scenes. He was like, we were part of it. And I was like, how did we? How did we get in there? He's like, oh, I, I don't. I don't know how we ended up on that. There's one. nothing I, else I on this but us. <laughs> but us. Um, it's costing you a fortune, actually, from what yeah, I remember. Yeah, sure, look. I'll make anyway. it back someday, apparently. Um, we're also on Twitter, guys. Yeah, uh, at Cap understands. 
loving that at the moment, as you can probably tell. And um, we've also got our own website. Again, it's uh, I understand that reference, but I think it's at capunderstands.com or something. Just, to yeah, that capunderstands, capunderstands.com will get you there. You'll get you'll get there. And um, we're doing pretty good in the SEO ratings. I think if you just type in I understand that reference in Google, there we are. Mm. Or at least, or if you put in Cap Understands or Understand the Reference and Podcast, a whole scatter of stuff that's that's us will come up there. You, that that that's how you find us if you're. But just 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 put it in Spotify. That just, it'll come up immediately. Then Spotify just seems to the be the one people are, are are talking about to me. If you're going to be honest mm-hmm. with you, just um, the easiest. Huh? it's just the easiest one. That's well, for those say. who have Spotify, Mister Moneybags, you? all my money's going to bloody start and Podtail. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, don't worry, it'll take off eventually. We've done it. We've done it. All that's left to say is, I've been Rob. I've been Ross. And this has been I Understood That Reference. Thanks very much for listening. Past episode 13. And nobody blew up. <laughs> oh, wait. My computer's smoking. What do I do? How do I turn this off? Bye, <laughs> everyone. Bye. <laughs>